Thanks for listening. This is Momentum, the entrepreneurship podcast for photographers. I'm your host, Nate Grahek, portrait photographer and entrepreneur. Join me each week as I interview the most successful and inspiring photographers in our industry. We bring you innovative and proven business strategies you can use to shift the momentum in your own photography business, giving you the freedom to do more of what you love in business and in life. Welcome, everybody. I'm really excited to have somebody special on the show today, Danny Diamond. Danny, I don't even know where you're from. What city are you in? New York? Where are you at? I live in Connecticut at this time, and uh, I grew up in Ohio and shoot in New York City. Okay, so I was right. I had a feeling that your vibe, your whole brand, has a very awesome New York City feel. Uh, you've made an awesome career out of being a fashion photographer and taking the lessons you've learned in growing a strong business, creating a unique look and a name and a brand for yourself, and are helping other photographers in our industry learn from your mistakes and from the things that are working. Uh, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course, of course. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting for me. <laughs> so, in the pre-call, you and I decided we're going to take a bit of a turn here, and I really like this concept, just shooting it straight. You, when you are asked this, um, you speak on a weekly, monthly basis all over the world, helping photographers and people considering maybe becoming a photographer, and you something you haven't really said directly yet, or maybe you have told some people in private, but not publicly. What is, when somebody asks you, hey, should I become a portrait photographer, what is your, your real answer? Um, my real answer. So I've, I've answered this question a few times on, uh, I like my Instagram stories and people, uh, like, wait, what are you saying? What are, you know? So I, I just want to actually, it, it's good to be able to say this officially. Um, <clears throat> I, I think that with our market being so saturated right now, it's very difficult to build your name and build a career. And, no matter how hard you try and how good you are, um, it's it's extremely difficult um, to build a a career doing photography. So when when people are in their early stages and they're just going to college and they ask me, should I go to college for photography? I tell them that no, I don't think so. I think you should go to college to get a degree in something that um, will definitely um, give you a job and a nice check every month, enough that you'll be able to do photography as a hobby. You know, yeah. it used to be people said photography is a rich man's hobby. You know, people don't say that anymore because now everyone is doing photography. But it's the truth. I think that people should get a job that pays them well. And then they'll do photography on the side um, just for fun. If you see it taking off and you see yourself being able to do it part time or even full time, um, you can go for it. Absolutely. But if you are 18, 19, 20 years old and you're thinking of doing something as a career and you're thinking about doing photography, I highly suggest you, uh, you rethink that decision because it's getting harder by the day um, right. to become a photographer. Right. I love it. I think that it's such good advice, uh, definitely to somebody who's just getting out of college and who's never actually had a job yet, um, who's somebody who's never started their own business before. And I think it's a really good way to crystallize the importance of being good at business and having passion for business and marketing separate from your passion for 
uh, taking beautiful pictures. Um, right. So so those of you that are listening, I know many of you are like, God, where was Danny like 10 years ago? <laughs> I wish somebody would have told me this before. Many of you listening are already have already made the leap. You've already got a business that got some them some things you love and some things you want to make better. So in today's call, we're going to break it down, talk a little bit more about just exploring it from this angle of why maybe you you shouldn't jump in to being a photographer and just reflecting on the things that got you here. And and if if you were more motivated by the creative, by the lighting, by the gear, et cetera, et cetera, the strengths and weaknesses that brings to your business today. Um, so we're going to walk through that. Um, one of the really cool things we're going to talk to also is how do you approach slow season? I think that there's lots of tactics. There's lots of things. There's lots of strategies of ways you can, you can eliminate slow season. Great. But there's also another approach and it's a really important one that I'm, I'm excited. Danny's going to share with us how he approaches his slow season in a really innovative way. So we'll get there. Let's go back to the beginning, Danny, uh, and tell us how you prioritize business over the creative. Um, so let, let's backtrack just a minute here and explain why it's important to um, mm -hmm. approach photography more as a business than it is an art. Um, if you look back at history, all of the um, super successful photographers, um, they were great at photography. They really were. Mm -hmm. However, there were, they had tons of other great photographers at that time too who were creating magic but they were not successful in a financial perspective. And the reason is because you could be amazing at what you do, but if you don't approach it as a business, you're not going to make money doing it. You know, it, right. the, the money is people say that do photography, do what you love and the money will find you. It, that goes to a certain extent, you know, mm -hmm. uh, if you're sitting in your house, just taking pictures and, and, and posting pictures, you know, it's, it's only going to get you so far. You have to actually be making connections with people, marketing yourself, communicating with people, and just making the right decisions day to day that are, are better from a business perspective. So, totally. so yeah, I think what, what are some, you, yeah, you, go ahead. I, what I love about your approaches is, is while you've made a business out of being a fashion photographer, a lot of the lessons you've learned translate to um, both the style and the business of running a portrait, family portraits, high school, senior, wedding, photography, et cetera. And I think that it's because you go to sometimes so much longer in between shoots, right? Out of necessity, you need to focus on the business piece because uh, most successful uh, fashion photographers, there's there's fewer clients, but at a much higher rate. And so I want to know um, what percentage of your time you're spending on your marketing and on your business, on networking, on the tactics to get new leads, on all the things behind the scenes. What's like the ratio for every one hour of shooting? How many hours of business and marketing are you, are you investing in your business? Okay, so I could say that I shoot in a slow season, maybe once every two weeks. Uh, in a busy season, I'm shooting um, about four days a week. Okay. Um, now, 
I am not able to give you an exact ratio of how much time I'm, I'm shooting versus how much time I'm marketing. Because marketing is not something that you say, you know what, today I'm going to do marketing for one hour. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> this, this is not the kind of business that you come to your desk at nine and you leave at five. It's not that right. kind of business. Marketing right. is something you're constantly doing. You're sitting on the train, sitting next to someone, you find out that they have a brother who has a, a, a line of shoes or, or belts. Mm -hmm. Then you have to casually sneak in that you're a fashion photographer without being like, hey, your brother does that? Cool. Can you hook me up? It doesn't work like that. You know, you have to very, in a very humble way, um, let them know that you are a fashion photographer and, and that they should definitely check you out. So marketing is not something that you set aside time to do every day. It's something that your mind has to be working in marketing strategies 24-7. When you're taking a shower, that's when that's when the best ideas come. That's, that's mm -hmm. the way it works for me and for so me many too. people. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, like the, the way I, I got my first client was by, by just coming up with a strategy of how to get them. And the way I did that was um, just message them and say, hey, um, I, I want to use some of your clothing for an editorial. I want to do it for a magazine. And, and they sent me stuff. And, and I was able to in an indirect way, impress them with what I do. And the next season, they came to me and said, hey, that editorial you use our clothing for, that was amazing. Do you mind doing our, our you, you want to shoot our, our season now? And I said, sure. So it's, it's something that you always have to constantly be thinking about. What are some ways that you could find new clients? What are some ways? And it's, as hard as photography has gotten because of that, the market is so saturated, at the same time, it's gotten so much easier. You could sit in your house on your phone on Instagram and market yourself on Instagram and social media. And so I, I invest a lot of time in, in my social media. Well, and, and that doesn't mean that I go cold calling people and, um, you know, sending DMs to companies. I never do that. I don't just go sending DMs to companies. The way I do it is I just answer people's <clears throat> messages, their comments. And when people see that I'm interacting with them, they're like, hey, even though this guy's busy, he's still taking his time answering us and he's still very involved. And, and it makes them feel so good about you. Like, hey, that guy is a totally cool person. He's so, he's so nice to answer our questions. And they go out and they market you. So you no longer have to market yourself. These mm -hmm. people are telling their friends, hey, I know a guy I follow. He's amazing. You should go check him out. So let other people do that marketing for you. All you have to do is you have to just be a nice person, be a humble person, answer people's questions. And, and again, your marketing is only going to be as good as your photography. So if your photography is, you know, you have no skill in photography and, and you don't have any kind of portfolio to back you up, then your marketing is falling on deaf ears. You know, you're, no one's going to care to ever bring business your way because you are shooting, um, you're shooting 10 different genres of photography and posting all of them on your social media. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta understand your business and, and what you're trying to get out of it. So for me, I, I specifically only do fashion and portrait. I don't do anything else. I don't post pictures of my lunch or dinner on my Instagram. I don't post pictures of landscapes. I don't post pictures of my dogs and cats or my twins. For me, it's, I, I post one thing, one thing only, so that when people hear my name and they remember my name, they, mm -hmm. they go back and, and, they, and they remember that I'm just that, doing that's the one thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite books I've been talking about a lot lately is Donald Miller's Story Brand. And we all file things away, file people away in like a mental Rolodex, right? 
And yep. when we hear this, this social network, whether it's online or in person or word of mouth referrals, when your friends of friends or your clients are referring people, if they have to say like, oh, this person does all of these things, right? That, that referral doesn't get transferred. But when you, when it, right. you tell a very, the more specific the referral of what it is you do and what it is you're known for, the easier that's transferred and the more likely it's going to get it's stuck in that new person's mental role. Correct. Correct. In a busy, noisy, saturated market, you need to be known for one thing. And I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it one more time is just because you're known for one thing in your marketing. I know many of you are still want to be able to do more than that and want to do weddings, families, boudoir, all of these different things. Great. But it's too hard to be amazing at marketing all of them. So instead, be, choose one choose the one that you're best at and market just one niche. And those people will still pass you on. You'll still get referrals. You'll still get to do other types of work, but your one piece of marketing, your one thing you're known for will be so much more effective. Really good. Correct. Stuff. Oh, go ahead. Um, I, I want to see, let's see the next thing. Um, Building partnerships. I love talking about that. So you uh, do a lot of reaching out. And what I heard in your story is what I think so many photographers get wrong when they first try to do a, 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 a partnership. Um, I'm going to talk about strategies for how to get those relationships built over time. But before we get there, I want to talk about the demand. And so here's the reality is that whether you like so who are some of your biggest clients you've worked with in the last year or so like big big large commercial brands um so Preve Revol is a glasses and a eyewear company okay. i've worked with jack and pepper uh, mustard pie little prim cool. claire um there's a lot of uh, children's clothing farah naz is a beautiful couture woman's line yep. um, norwegian wool is a men's coat um I've worked with a dozen like uh, eyewear companies and women's clothing lines. And then you get, you get good at a, a certain thing and you just look at how that, that translates, right? It just continues to kind of snowball. Yeah. So what the point I want to make is every business, giant, medium, or small, or itsy bitsy tiny local boutique store in your city, they all need images, We've all Correct. become, our all marketing has become so image driven that whether it's clothing or, or a boutique, um, what else could it be? <laughs> like a bookstore, like any, or a hairdresser, a florist, a landscaper, a construction worker, like everything that, every service, every product, in order for them to better market their product or service, they need awesome imagery to tell their story more than anything. Like that is the number one thing they need to make their marketing better. And it's a way for you to build relationships with other small businesses that can then translate and turns into more portrait work. So with that foundation, what are the tactics? What are the strategies for building those types of relationships really that, that work regardless of the size of the company? I think that, um, the key thing is to, I mean, at least for me, my, my goal is not to get new clients every month. That's not my goal. My goal is the clients I have 
that they come back to me every three, four, six months. Mm-hmm. So for me to, to, to really make sure I get that, it's, it's all about service. Yeah. So you, you send me an email, it gets responded within 15 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. you, you do a photo shoot with me, that night you're getting the proofs. You're not waiting two weeks and then you're not waiting another month to get the images after that. So for me, it's a lot easier for me. Like if you're a wedding photographer, a portrait photographer, it's a lot harder to do that because you're, you're doing weddings, let's say maybe two every weekend or whatever. It's, it's really hard to have a quick turnaround. But for me, who I'm not shooting that many clients, I'm able to really invest time into each client and give them tons of attention. And giving people attention is what makes them want to come back to you. To know all they have to do is send you a message, hey, we need another photo shoot in two weeks. Can you do it? Yes. We got all everything taken care of. I got the models. I got the location. I got hair, makeup. I got everything we need for the photo shoot. And all they had to do was send me a text. Giving them great service is what gets them coming back to me. And eventually they have their competition sees it and wants to use you or they tell their their friends who are in the in the business of maybe like for example, um, I shot a clothing line who the husband had a linen line. The wife had a children's clothing line. The husband made linen. So once I started shooting for the wife, I started shooting for the husband who eventually got into other businesses and continued using me. So it's uh, it's all about just pre- providing really great service and 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 just. For me, that's that's the way I like it. I like being comfortable with people I've worked with in the past, and I just want them to come back to me. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's that's it's such a. I think it's another argument for why portrait photographers. I think it's really hard to um, to let go of editing sometimes, and I think a lot of people hear it as a very binary decision: is either they they outsource every little piece of it, or they do none of it and they do it all themselves. Right. Um, I think there's there's definitely ways to outsource the culling, the color correction, cropping, edit, like just that alone is tremendous. And if you still think that your style, your editing style, and your post production is part of what makes you stand out, great. But only do that to like a handful of the most. Right. Important. In my case, in my case, that's the that's the situation that a lot of the people coming to me are coming to me because of my editing. Um, my my photography and editing they're both crucial to my end results so right. for me to send my stuff out as with i i know a lot of photographers feel this way is they don't feel comfortable sending their stuff out so like you suggested i i tell them that instead of promise that promising them a hundred all right pictures tell them i'm going to give you 20 killer images that you're never mm-hmm. going to forget in the rest of your life and you know, the world wants to see three great images, not 50 mediocre images. You know, no one's going to remember you because of the bulk of images that you threw out there. They remember you by the quality of your images. And even if it's only 10, it's those 10. I mean, still to this day, I have the same five to 10 images being stolen on social media, on YouTube videos everywhere, because those are five, 10 killer images that helped me build my name back in the wow. day. So yeah. it, it's not about having tons of images, it's about having those few images that make people remember you by, and that's the way you should do it. And and to this day, when I do portrait work, um, so I do portrait work in the summers, I, uh, my clients know you're getting seven images, seven, that's it. They get seven portraits, that's it, you know? You're not <laughs> get, and for me, to, for me to edit seven images, I could yeah. do it in under two hours. Yeah. So it's no, it's no big deal. 
So it's a win-win situation. It doesn't take me so much time and I'm creating quality, not quantity. That's so cool. I think that it's such a a smart, a a way that not many people think of managing the scope of what they do. I think that, well, especially when we're getting started, um, there's one of the biggest differences I hear in your language um, when I'm talking to hundreds of photographers a year, there's the thriving photographers who are trying, 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 trying to get just some kind of traction and, and make enough money for this to sustain itself. And then there's the, the, the photographers that have figured it out that have a sustainable, thriving business. And one of the differences I know where I saw when I was getting started is when, you're first, when you first have an opportunity to get a job, most of your clients don't really know what they want. Right? They don't exactly know what it is they want. They're just they're maybe a photographer. They don't know what the products are out there, all of these things. And then we just say yes to the shoot and figure out the rest later and say yes, 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 yes. And then and they end up not happy. We over deliver all of these mediocre images. And I would I was delivering high school seniors like several hundred images. So embarrassing wow. to say that today. Okay. Such a mistake. Cause I was insecure. I wasn't confident in my style and my look. And I said, well, maybe. One of these will be something that you love. Totally backwards. The more confident you are, the more successful is this continues to ring true. And I keep hearing this over and over again. The most successful photographers have the fewest images on their website and in their portfolio. <laughs> they, have the, they deliver the fewest number of images that I know in all of their packages, whether it's fashion, like you said, seniors or portraits or whatever it is. And it's a way to control um, and, and, and communicate the value of what it is you do. And if, if you're never going to outsource the editing, I think that is the, really the only other alternative than stop over delivering. You can't scale your business if you're trying to hand edit hundreds of images for every shoot. It just isn't going to work. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of strategies behind the scenes that I am not sharing which I think is worth sharing. Like people are probably listening to this saying, well, there's so many images. How do I know which one they're going to like? Or, or they're, how could you not give them options? So this is what I do. I send people all the images. You get all okay. the images within 24 hours of the photo shoot. People yeah. are super happy. They love knowing that they're going to get the images that night of the photo shoot. They get all the images, low resolution. They get to look through it. They get to choose. Once they choose uh, images, I tell them what you should do is choose 10 images that you like the most. Send me those image numbers. They send it to me. What I do is I choose two to three out of their choices, and then I'll choose another three, four images that I like um, from yeah. the photo shoot. Like that, you're happy and they're happy. They felt like they made decisions. You got to make decisions and you were able to produce mm-hmm. your uh, small amount of images, but high quality images to them. So that's totally that. There's always a a, a a balance. There's yeah, not, there, is, there is. Yep. You can, never, you can never say this is the way I'm doing it and that's it. This is what I right. charge and that's it. it. Business does not work that way. You can't you can't build a business that way. You have to have some kind of balance in between both to make both people happy. That's really smart. And I think that especially when you start working with businesses versus consumers, there's a little bit of a of a difference. Like. Uh, if they're hiring, if it's a company hiring you for images, they're thinking about like ROI and they want to feel like their seat at the table is important and their decision matters and all of those things. You've got to placate the, the business owner and be like, yep, I know you, you know your market really well. So we're going to let you 
have a say at the table. Whereas a, a bride does not want to cull 2000 images or 3000, right? <laughs> you don't want to give that job to, to a, to a bride and a groom. Okay. Really good stuff, dude. I want to make sure we get to the, this last topic because I think what you have to say in it is really unique. Um, it doesn't matter what business you are in. I think every business has its ebb and flow based on seasons or any other external changes in the market that you really don't have control over. And right. so a lot of people take this idea of, well, do this thing and fill this thing and fill your calendar and boom, boom, boom. So that's an opportunity to like be well-rounded or whatever it is, right? Or you can just say, during these months of the year, it's really hard to get clients. Therefore, I'm not going to wear myself thin. I'm going to just pick up another hobby or focus on another business or something like that. So share with us your approach to handling the ebbs and flows in your business. Okay, sure. So uh, maybe five, five years ago, I, after I had gotten married, um, my wife's like, wait, you don't have any jobs these couple of months? I'm like, no, I don't. She goes, maybe you should start looking for a different career. You know, I was like, yeah, maybe I should. So then I, I started job hunting. Then I'm like, you know what? Uh, I, I found other jobs. And I'm like, wow, the, these people are paying what I'm currently making, but I would be stuck working nine to five every day of yeah. the year. Right. So I'm like, no, I am not going to stop doing my photography because I'm making enough money. The issue is that I have so much free time, which could, which could be a good thing if you just use that time uh, wisely instead of just sitting around on your couch doing nothing and driving your wife nuts, you know? So <laughs> I, I found, I found myself, um, I found myself a lot of hobbies just to keep me healthy, to keep me, keep me going and to keep my mind busy. It's very important for your mind to stay busy. It's the only way it'll stay healthy. The second you don't have a job and you're just sitting around, that's when your, your mind goes to unhealthy places, you know? So I, I started doing woodworking. I started doing gardening. And anyone who follows me on social media, I even have a page just for my hobbies. It's called Danny Diamond Carpentry. And uh, uh, a couple people follow that page. And it's, it's really fun, you know? It's something that, that keeps me going. And I obviously don't leave photography fully for those couple of weeks here and there. I still go to my desk and do work. I answer emails. Last winter, I worked on creating a, a physical portfolio for myself. And um, I think that aside from, from you just keeping your mind in a healthy place, I think it's very important that when you see that the work is not coming in, like you said, don't wear yourself thin trying to find clients because what, what happens is you're actually hurting the entire photography community by doing that because what you're doing is you're taking a $2,000 job and doing it for a thousand bucks and later on, and what you're doing is you're taking a $2,000 job away from someone else, you know? So it's also like that with all the people who are willing to do fashion, who are getting into the, into the market now and they're willing to do a fashion shoot for free. I tell them that, you know, if there's 15% of photographers out there willing to do a fashion shoot for free, and the, then what you're doing is you're taking 15% of jobs away from yourself in the future once you do build a name because there's going to be a 15% chance that there's going to be a new kid on the block who's going to do that job for free. So right. you have to all just get together and you have to just unite and say, no, you know, we don't, we're not going to take low ball offers for jobs. And like that, you, you saturate the, the market with, with jobs that pay well. 
you know? Right, right. And and this also, it also comes down to a financial thing that if, if, like for me, if I'm working six months, I'm busy, six months, I'm not busy. It's extremely important that when I do make money, I don't go hit that entire wish list on Amazon and and bnh.com, you know? That, and a lot of photographers do do that. You know, they the second they make money, that money goes right out to buy new gear, or buy some mm-hmm. car or whatever they want. It's very important to uh, manage your money wisely and just save so that when you don't have jobs, you get to just do what you enjoy and not have to worry about paying your bills. Yeah, I think there's all of those things contribute to one of the things you glossed over, but I think it's one of the most important is when you are um, staying productive. Uh, feeding your creative side. I think sometimes as creatives, when we make our, our first creative outlet our job, it stops feeding our creativity um, as much as it used to. And so that means that you, eat, you need to find another creative outlet or you need to make time to do photography that is purely creative so that you're keeping that, that tank full and your mind healthy. And you're also saving like if just saying you know what there's going to be ebbs and flows um it's great when i'm busy and i can make a bunch of money but this is a business where i need to treat my revenue not on a, what am i making each week i need to know what am i making all year and then plan accordingly because uh, i think that one of the biggest things that impacts your ability to get new work um, whether it's busy or slow is your mindset right if we come to the table, if we approach our marketing with fear and scarcity and desperation, it just, everything you touch, it smells like that, right? But when you approach every opportunity, every partnership, um, every new lead with confidence and security and abundance and knowing how valuable your time is and your skills and all of that, um, people want to work with you even more, right? When there's, when I realize that. Uh, This has been so great, Danny. Is there any other final tips you wanna, you wanna offer that you like to share um, with photographers as they're, (laughs) if they're still convinced they still wanna be photographers today? (laughs) Um, If you're still convinced you wanna be a photographer, then I guess the tip that I always give and I'll give now is for, Every hour you spend on social media, spend two hours going out and shooting, you know, people yeah. spend way too much time sitting on, on their phones and their computers. And, and while you think that you're gaining knowledge and you're becoming a better photographer, uh-uh, like maybe 10% of that time you're investing in social media is making you a better photographer. The rest is just, you know, it's, I think that you need a balance as with anything else mm-hmm. that. Invest more time in shooting. That's what's going to make you a better photographer, not sitting on YouTube all day. Amen. Danny, this has been great. Thank you for taking time out of your valuable schedule. Um, I, I am free now. I have no jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Just for today. Tomorrow for today. I do. Yep, that's so great. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to spend with us and share these awesome lessons. Um, of course. If you want to learn, learn more about your workshops, know where you're speaking, um, where should they go to learn more? We'll include links to your site, but what do you have coming up and what, what resources do you have on your website that people should go check out? Um, so I have a tutorial, which is a couple years old now on uh, RGGEDU. My process okay. hasn't changed much since then, though. It's a natural light tutorial. It teaches you how I do my edits in under 15 minutes each and um, also how I do my photography. 
I have a couple workshops coming up in Arizona and India. You could take a look at those on dannydiamond.com. And um, just Googling my name, you'll come across a ton of articles on F-stoppers that I've written over the years. That's pretty cool. much uh, my links. I love it. Danny, again, thank you so much for spending time with us. You have an awesome rest of your day. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here. Cheers.